said it twice let's go we are locked and loaded on the shooting straight radio podcast this is the podcast all about firearms the second amendment and all things pertaining thereto. and you know me i am royce your host and second amendment advocate here professor emeritus of second amendment studies pouring it to you from both barrels with 100 percent felt recoil and no suppressor all while being heavily saturated with gunshot residue toxic masculinity and a faint yet wildly tantalizing whiff of the cologne of my people hops number nine you know it baby you can catch this program at shootingstraightradio.com if you don't already have a favorite podcast platform to listen on you can also message me there royce at shootingstraightradio.com and i always respond to your inquiries i never fail to respond now if you message me on Facebook at the shooting straight radio uh, podcast page there i may not get the notification right away because i just don't spend much time on there anymore but i will eventually get it and i will respond i assure you that all right now oh yeah by the way don't forget voice of the blue podcast that's a podcast the the american police hall of fame uh they happen to be sponsors of this program but they've also commissioned me to do a podcast entitled voice of the blue which puts the human face back on the profession that face that's been torn away they've been dehumanized as uh, a group of people and a and a part of american society and uh, we bring you their stories from them and from their own words and that's been going very well that's a very riveting stories uh from uh, the our uh, men and women in uh, in uniform who stand on that thin blue line so check that out too all right now without further ado i have a fantastic guest uh, waiting in the wings You've heard him on this program several times before, I'm sure, if you've been listening very long at all. Uh, This man is the Florida director for Gun Owners of America, also for the U.S. Virgin Islands, and I think I probably left something out there, too. He'll correct me when I bring him on here in just a second. Your humble host refers to him as the Cuban constitutionalist, and that would mean this is no other, none other than Mr. Luis Valdez. Luis, how you doing, brother? 
Brother, it's always a pleasure to be on the air and on your show. And thank you for allowing me to grace the airwaves with my voice, as I have been informed. I have a face for radio and a voice for literature. So, again, <laughs> thank you for letting me to be on the air. Well, coming from someone else who also has a great face for radio, I uh, I feel you, man. I feel you. I really appreciate you. I appreciate the work you do, man. I'm not just trying to pump sunshine all over you, but I really appreciate you. I appreciate everything GOA does, and I'm glad they've got someone like you who has the pit bull-like tenacity to go after these issues and to fight for them. And uh, we're going to be discussing an issue here in Florida that certainly impacts all of us. And it has to do with our governor. And now, for the most part, I really like our governor. I would imagine that's probably the same with you, no? Uh, look, I have been very pleased with the vast majority of what Governor Ron DeSantis has done. I think mm -hmm. he has been very successful in running Florida, especially through crisis after crisis. Yes. For the most part, he handled the pandemic very well. We have seen him handle the uh, issue, the issues and the tragedy that has bestruck our beautiful state with Hurricane Ian. Yes. I mean, he, he has held himself up expect, exceptionally well on that. Yes. I, he, amen to that. I, I cannot agree more. Uh, but there is an issue now in play, and it certainly affects me and you and all other constitutionally minded keepers and bearers. And this is an issue that we can't just sweep under the rug. We have to talk about it. We have to get in touch with the governor's office because recently, and just to lay this out for the listeners, there was a, an event that Governor DeSantis was going to be at on public property. And apparently word was sent from the governor's office or from the governor's team that no guns would be allowed at the event, even if carried by licensed concealed carriers here in Florida. Now, did I pretty much bring that out in the correct fashion there, Luis? No, you, you hit it straight. You hit the nail straight on the head. So, again, the issue here is not just the fact that this is on public property. Is as we know, the governor just very recently called the state a Second Amendment state to literally tell potential looters and criminals, hey, if you do anything bad, you have a chance of getting shot by a law-abiding citizen and, and property owner here in the state. Right. And for someone in his campaign or someone in his office to then coordinate these campaign events and stipulate that one of the conditions for the governor's appearance is that they have to be gun-free zones – one, it's appalling uh, simply on a moral issue because you would think that someone that is claiming to be as pro-gun as DeSantis, that he wouldn't stand for that, that he would feel completely safe right. in a room of law-abiding citizens that have jumped through all of the legal hurdles to exercise an inalienable right they're born with. Right. But the second issue with this is that this is being held on public property. So for your listeners that don't know, there's two laws in Florida. You have uh, under Chapter 790, that governs the vast majority of firearm laws in Florida. You have Chapter, you, you have Statute 790.06, subsection 12A. And 12A of 06 lists specifically what the gun-free zones will be allowed in Florida. Right. Places like elected polling places, um, 
the capital, a, a, a section of the state capital when legislature is in session, meaning that it, <clears throat> a quorum has been called or there's a legislative function, um, a police station, uh, a mental health facility, a, a K through 12 school. Those types of areas are specifically listed as gun free zones. Right. Um, the other law in question is cha- is uh, state statute 790.33. That is the state preemption law. Mm-hmm. And what that states is that no political entity, individual, or municipality in the state of Florida can uh, tell anyone or create its own policy or ordinance or law or rule or dicta of what can and can't be done with firearms unless it literally lines up with the laws passed by the legislature. And with this, this is where it becomes a tricky issue. You have a publicly owned facility owned by the city of Alachua, uh, uh, or not Alachua. Um, wait, was it Alachua? Yeah, it is. I'm sorry. It is the city of Alachua. I, I had the city and the county confused, but they're both the same name. So it's it's a public facility owned by the city of Alachua. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, to my knowledge, from what I've been told by residents of the area, they do firework shows there. They do different events. They might even do a gun show there. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the end, it's it's a multi-use, publicly owned facility. Okay. So, and that type of venue is not listed under 79006, subsection 12A, as a gun-free zone. Mm-hmm. And... The event organizers, the Alachua County Republican Executive Committee, they're going to have tomorrow their 20th annual Ronald Reagan black tie and blue jeans barbecue. You know, it's a conservative get together. They talk about politics. They have guest speakers and the governor is scheduled to be the keynote speaker there. Now, the the party chair for that county REC, a Miss Ann Stone, uh, stated that someone from FDLE, the Florida Department of Law Enforcement, and the DeSantis campaign informed her that the governor will not show up to this venue if firearms are allowed. And the way this became came to light was a fellow Florida firearms patriot in that area purchased tickets to attend this rally. He happens to be a regional mem- a regional coordinator for Florida Carry, a uh, another like-minded pro-gun rights organization here in Florida. Right. Mm -hmm. And he got his tickets and looked at it and said, hey, wait a minute. This says that I can't have a firearm here. This this makes no sense. And he brought it up with uh, other Florida carry members, and they reviewed the law as I did, and they came to the same conclusion, that uh, banning firearms at that location is – impossible violation of 790.06 subsection 12a and 790.33 yep I, I tried to call eric friday who's general counsel for florida carry and uh but he was tied up with somebody else at the moment and couldn't talk i was actually going to get him on here and get a get his two cents on it too but uh um, well, I, I could tell you what eric would say because i spoke to him about this it might have been you on the phone with him when I called. It, it very well could have. Um, so Eric and I are good friends, and you know we we yep. constantly work together uh, to discuss politics and political strategy, and and we both came to the same conclusion. Now, to 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 continue what happened, so this Florida Carry member, you know, brought it up with Florida Carry, 
and their communications together, Mr. Lee Williams, uh, who yep. I believe you know. The gun writer. Mm -hmm. Yep. He contacted Miss Ann Stone, the REC chair, and and interviewed her. And basically she said, hey, yeah, you know, we were verbally towed by FDLE in the DeSantis campaign. He can't, we can't have guns here. I'm a gun owner. I'm a concealed carry permit holder. But, hey, he's an up – DeSantis is an up-and-coming figure. So, you know, I'm willing to disarm myself. Uh, to make sure DeSantis speaks here. I'm not. Now, my, why, why, now why, mind you, you know? <laughs> yeah, now, mind you, Mr. Williams, Mr. Lee Williams, uh, who is just as gifted as many other Florida patriots are in, in this good fight for the Second Amendment, he informed Miss Miss Ann Stone of what the law is. And her response was basically like, well, yeah, you know, if they're breaking the law, what are we to do with it? It's, it we got to deal with it. It's DeSantis. So, uh, Florida Carey sent out an alert. Mr. Williams also works in coordination with the Second Amendment Foundation. They have sent out an alert on that. Mm -hmm. And uh, this was brought to my attention, and I have been doing my best to bring uh, news to this. As you saw, I already wrote an op-ed article in uh, Firearm News about this. I yep. discussed this with Jared from Guns and Gadget. I'm discussing this with you. I am trying to spread the word just as much as they are because yes. – I am in no way trying to be critical of Governor DeSantis, but this is a simple matter of state law and policy. Well, what this it, also is, Luis, this is the American people enforcing the supreme law of the land and also the laws of the state of Florida. If they're going to enforce laws against us, we have every right to enforce the law against them. They don't get a free pass. Right. And that's what that's exactly what we're doing here right now, as a matter of fact, pouring light all over this mess. Go ahead. You, you got that right. And the, the danger of this is, is and I'm hearing the, the social commentary, oh, well, it's DeSantis and he's a public figure. and I don't and care. Make, and people make threats against him. And my response to that is, okay, every public figure has threats made against him. I've had I know threats you, made against me by neo-Nazis exactly. and stuff. I know you have. I know I have. Hell, I remember getting to the airport and finding all four of my tires slashed because I had a GOA bumper sticker on my truck. Mm, I remember you talking about that. Yeah. So, you know, I've gotten death threats just as you have. So mm -hmm. if an individual doesn't want to receive death threats, don't be in the public eye and don't be a public figure. Yep. Pretty much. That's but, about all you can do. And that's the issue with this. And on top of that, if we're going to give governor DeSantis any flexibility on this issue with this law and the fact that he campaigns on being pro-gun but his own events are gun-free zones when the governor has specifically criticized gun-free zones doesn't that seem a bit hypocritical both for gun owners supporting the second amendment and the governor well absolutely and therein lies the issue and this is why we don't just have a right to say something about it we have a duty to speak up and say governor uh we're going to hold you accountable just like uh, we would be held accountable if we were violating a law somewhere you are violating statute 790 uh and it's and it really does stink of hypocrisy sir that you don't want a bunch of armed patriots around you what are you going to do to the little scumbag who comes in there and tries to assassinate you you're going to rely upon the the fdle and everybody else is going to be there or maybe so i guess i don't know but uh me i would want as many armed patriots around me as possible especially the ones waving the desantis signs you know what i mean so. exactly exactly and 
I bet you if it was Nikki Freed or Charlie Crist or um, Annette Taddeo that said something like this, I guarantee you the vast majority of the conservative sphere of influence would be criticizing them for this issue. Yes. And you know what? This this is along these lines. Uh, I go often to gun shows. What stinks of hypocrisy to me is when you walk through there, they're going to ask, you got any guns? And immediately, it has to be unloaded, and it has to be rendered inoperable with a zip tie or some other thing. And you, I asked him, well, why? Well, we've had a couple of you know negligent discharges here. I said, so, okay, so based on the foolishness of two people, the rest of us have to be stripped of our rights and left and you know pretty much disarmed uh, and at the mercy of somebody who might walk in here and start hosing everybody, which could happen very easily. They only have like oh. two or three cops there on the on the premises, and you know it, it, that could happen. So I have to give up my right inside this gun show because a couple of people have done something stupid. Well, isn't that pretty much what the gun control crowd says that we have to give up some of our rights because people have done evil things or stupid things with their guns? And this this is the same kind of hypocrisy that I. I'm reading into this right now that's exactly the that's exactly the issue it's it's hypocritical both as a constitutionalist for us to sit to sit on the sidelines and not raise cane on this yes and it's also hypocritical for the governor yes now, sir if I, if I again i am not trying to lay blame on the governor but ultimately the buck stops with him this has already been made an, an issue where you have multiple sources reporting this you have multiple individuals discussing this. This is already an issue spreading like wildfire on social media. Mm-hmm. So you know that someone in his campaign has already picked up one of this. Yes. If yeah. I was if I was Governor DeSantis, I would have already made it's been over 24 hours since this kind of broke. I would have come out and made a simple statement of, hey, look, folks, the buck stops with me. Someone in my my campaign made this statement without my full authorization or approval. I'm sorry. I'm here to fully respect your Second Amendment rights and state law. Thus, I will either do one of two things. Cancel the event if safety is that much of a priority and go to a private property to where I don't agree with it, but private property rights exist and they could ban firearms on their property. Mm -hmm. Or the governor could say, hey, I am willing to be in a crowd of my supporters exercising their Second Amendment rights. Yes, sir. And you know what? Uh, We're going to take a brief break here, just a second. But to uh, throw a little teaser bone out there for the audience, this is not the first time the DeSantis camp has done this. This is the problem. And we'll explain that when we come back with more of Luis Valdez, former director of Gun Owners of America. Uh, After a brief commercial break, do not go anywhere. Captain Rob and Sergeant Spaulding are on standby. They run their own little listener retention squad, so don't go anywhere. Be right back. Sicario's Gun Shop. Buy, sell, or trade firearms. Purchase Class 3 NFA items. Custom builds. Gunsmithing and cleaning. Liberty Gun Safes. Sicario's Gun Shop fully supports our military and law enforcement. Visit online at sicariosgunshop.com or in person at 5325 North Wickham Road, Suite 105 in Melbourne, Florida. Sicario's, where you come first for your second. 
Life has a way of throwing unforeseen events and new opportunities our way. At Glover Orndorff and Flanagan Wealth Management, they are dedicated to putting your interests first with a truly personalized approach. They are there to bring confidence to your investment planning choices. Whether you need income production for retirement, 401k guidance, long-term investments, or other financial planning needs, they'll focus on the establishment of a plan tailored to your life's priorities. For more information, call Bill Orndorff, partner with Glover Orndorff and Flanagan Wealth Management today at 321-344-1202. 321-344-1202. Investment products and services are offered through Wells Fargo Advisors Financial Network, LLC. Member SIPC, Glover, Orndorff & Flanagan, LLC is a separate entity from Wells Fargo Advisors Financial Network. My buddies out of WJS Guns in Merritt Island, Bill Stasak and Dalton and Troy and the gang out there do a fine job taking care of all their customers, including law enforcement officers who want to buy blue-labeled firearms. He's a blue-label dealer for multiple manufacturers, also very female-friendly. They do a great job serving all of their customers. They will get you squared away and well-regulated in your Second Amendment rights. He offers handguns, long guns, a great selection of 1791 gun leather brand holsters, also body armor, uh, ammunition, uh, magazines. What are you looking for? Bill's got you covered out there at WJS Guns. Check him out at WJSGuns.com. If you want to do some fishing, he's got you covered with fishing tackle. Bill is a total outdoor store. WJSGuns.com. Check him out there. Do make sure you tell him you heard about him on the Shooting Straight Radio podcast. Shootingclasses.com. If you are a firearms instructor, that's the only logical place to run your firearms business from. Shootingclasses.com. You can set up your page there, set up your profile, set up your classes, take payments there. Your certificates are auto-generated. Rosters are auto-generated. And also sends emails out to your students before the class, reminding them at least a week or two out, they have a class coming up. And uh, I can't find any other platform out there where it makes sense to run your business from if you're a firearms instructor. Everything's right there. Even, even if you want to print your financial reports come tax time, it's all right there at shootingclasses.com. If you're a student, uh, set up an account out there and you get matched up with some serious, serious firearms instructors. Men like David Boone Benton, Israel Matos, Chris Tonto Peranto and guys like that, Bill Orndorff, Bruce Corey. Those are the guys that actually founded shootingclasses.com. It is, I'll tell you what, it's genius. And it simply doesn't make sense to try to run your business from any other platform. Shootingclasses.com. Counter-Strike Tactical is the best little gun store in Melbourne and proud sponsors of the Shooting Straight Radio Podcast. Visit us at 1008 Strawbridge Avenue and see the custom AR builds by Anthony Vallejo, owner and combat veteran, plus go-to weapons brand rifles, AR-15s, AK-47s, handguns, ammo, tactical rifle accessories, and more. Anthony also offers laser engraving and seraphos. So stop in at 1008 Strawbridge Avenue and visit the best little gun store in Melbourne. Or call 
1-800-499-4949 and tell Anthony that Roy sent you. Huge thank yous to the sponsors of this episode of the Shooting Straight Radio podcast. Sicario's Gun Shop, Glover, Orndorff, and Flanagan, Wealth Management. And also WJS Guns, Counter-Strike Tactical, and ShootingClasses.com. Thank you, guys. I sincerely appreciate you. Uh, I can't thank you enough for keeping this program rolling all these years. And now back to my guest who has graciously been able to call in. He is a very busy guy. Uh, he is constantly out there scrapping it out uh, for your rights and my rights here in Florida as the Florida Director of Gun Owners of America. Uh, again, I say this young man has the tenacity of a pit bull, got a lot of experience under his belt, and that would be Mr. Luis Valdez, the Cuban constitutionalist. Now, I call him that because he is uh, he is descended from um Cubans who made their way from that communist place uh, here to Florida. Uh, and if I've re, re, uh, refresh me if I'm wrong, Luis, you were born here in Florida, right? Yes, I'm the first of my family born in the United States. My family fled uh, communist Cuba in 1961, and my uncle Mario uh, fled communist Cuba prior to 1961, and he was recruited by a little organization known as the CIA. and he was one of the key organizers and took part in the Bay of Pigs invasion. Yes, so that's we right. Have been, we have been vehemently anti-communist my entire life. Yes, sir. And that's why you're fighting for the right to keep and bear arms. You've seen what communism has done to your country, your home country. Uh, you've seen even recently, what people don't understand was another amnesty was granted for people who may have kept their firearms when they were supposed to turn them in. And when these people turned them in, uh, suddenly they were arrested by the Black Beret or the uh, the Cuban equivalent of the KGB. Is that not correct? Yes, yes, yes. Um, the Black Berets is their street names. Um, the, the director of intelligence, the DGI, is the Cuban KGB. And that's exactly what happened when uh, the last uh, rounds of uh, protests happened in Cuba last year where people were taken to the streets. The communist government again came out with another firearms amnesty because firearms have been illegal to own in Cuba since the early 1960s. Right. Um, but they came out with another amnesty saying, hey, look, if you turn it in, nothing bad will happen. You'll be fine. Yeah. And what, <laughs> and what amazingly happened is the very people that turned them in, the Black Beret showed up at their house in force at in the middle of the night, and these people disappeared without a whimper to, to disappear in either a shallow grave or some bottomless pit of a dungeon. Yeah. Yeah, that's about typical. I mean, uh, I, I don't know why they would have ever thought to trust those communists after everything they've done to that country over these years. It's just uh, unconscionable to me. But let's get back on track. We've been talking about Governor DeSantis. Uh, accordingly, uh, according to news reports, um, Governor DeSantis or his camp or someone in his camp has basically said that he doesn't want anybody carrying concealed firearms at this event. And uh, let's say, what what city is it? Uh, this is in Alachua. This Alachua is near Gainesville. Okay. Yeah, this is near Gainesville. Okay. And this isn't the first time he's done this or his camp has done this. They've done it multiple times already on private property, which that's not an issue because it's private property. And the private property owner can say, yes, I'm going to enforce the governor's wishes here. But this is a, the, the event we're talking about is a public property event. But he has done this recent, uh, repeatedly now. 
Um, what I'm going to have to ask because of that is why hasn't he said something even about those private property events uh, being anti-gun, no gun, whatever, you know, banning guns from the property? Uh, I would have said something. What do you think? Well, it's a lot of it has to do with people just put up with these things. People are just like, oh, okay, well, you know, I got to do what I got. I got to jump through the hoops. Right. People are conditioned to this. And I could honestly say that, look, I, it actually kind of affected me. I attended a DeSantis uh, campaign event back on in September in Dover, Florida. It was put on by uh, the Florida Farms Bureau, where basically they were endorsing him for re-election. Right. And I attended that event um, to speak to him on the issue of constitutional carry. And when I received my ticket for it, it literally said, you're going to go through a metal detector in security. You can't have a firearm. You can't have pepper spray you can't have a knife you can't have an umbrella you can't have you know a number of items and at the time my mind was just set on the fact of okay this is a chance where i could speak with the governor and and ask him the very simple question of constitutional carry yay or nay right my mind really wasn't focused on that so when i got there it was just basically an empty farm field with a with a little outcropping building i parked I took off my farm. I left it in my vehicle. I went to security and I sat in the little cordoned off area where the governor would be. And I asked him my question on constitutional carry. And his response was kind of actually a little bit combative. He, his response was more of like, hey, don't go after me. I'm the good guy. I support this. Go after the legislature. They're the ones blocking it. Hmm. And I and I can kind of understand, you know, looking back at that day, this was September, you know, it's still the height of summer, it's hotter than hell, everyone's sweating their butts off, this was an outdoor event, and I know the governor probably has to really be uncomfortable because Dover's about three, four hours away from Tallahassee, so he had to probably get up early, hmm. drive down, be there in body armor, be there in, in you know, long sleeve shirt and pants and stand outside in the sun and give a speech so I, I kind of get some of the uncomfortability of it, but when a constituent asks a very simple question of constitutional carry, is it going to happen? And you kind of response a little bit standoffish and basically saying, hey, go ask those guys over there, the legislature. It, it's good and bad. It shows that, hey, he understands that as the governor, he can't make law. That's good. That's the, legis- that's the legislature's job. Go bug them. But at the same time, it's kind of worrisome because he is the political figurehead of the state. He's the political figurehead of the party. And as we've seen, if he asked the legislature to jump, they will respond with asking back, how high do you want us to jump? Mm-hmm. And this is the issue that raises questions with Governor DeSantis and the fact that his events are gun-free zones. He has publicly criticized gun-free zones. Right. Furthermore, he has recently stated he supports constitutional carry, but let's rewind the clock a little bit. He was elected in 2018. In 2018, he said he supported constitutional carry, and if he was governor, he would have repealed the Parkland gun control bill. So red flag laws, the mandatory waiting period, and the under-21 purchase ban. But between 2018's election and I would say about – March of 2022, um, he really hasn't touched pro-gun issues. 
he hasn't used his office as a bully pulpit to hammer the legislature to pass program legislation. He hasn't used his office to hammer the legislature to repeal anti-gun bill, anti-gun laws on the books. He's only started to really push constitutional carry because it is now a national issue. Mm -hmm. GOA and some other organizations, and there has been some coordination on this, uh, both officially and unofficially, because, hey, we're all Second Amendment patriots, so we all speak the same language. Um, We have all kind of agreed that if he wants to run in 2024 for the White House, he's going to face primary challengers, challengers like Governor Greg Abbott of Texas and Governor Brian Kemp of Georgia, Mm -hmm. two governors that have gone on record and flat out told their legislators, I want constitutional carry and I want it now. Make it a legislative priority. Yep. Governor DeSantis hasn't done that, really. He has stated, if it reaches my desk, I'll sign it. And for a history lesson for your younger listeners, there was a point when President George W. Bush said, if the assault weapons ban reaches my desk, I'll sign it. Yep. Yes, he did. So the fact that that Governor DeSantis has said, hey, I'll sign it if it reaches my desk, that's a positive, but that's not a really strident, stringent positive because our known anti-gun Senate president, uh, Wilton Simpson, yep, he said if constitutional carry reaches the Senate floor, he'll vote favorably for it. Well, as the Senate president, he specifically instructed his fellow senators not to introduce a Senate bill pushing yep. constitutional carry so he specifically blocked it from ever reaching the Senate floor. Yep. But he said if it reaches the Senate floor, he'll vote for it. it yeah. it's, and he's allegedly it's a, a Republican, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's a politically safe answer to to say, hey, yeah, I support this knowing it'll never make it. Yep. So that's that's the question that some gun owners are asking about DeSantis. Is, is he only talking about the second amendment in a way to win over gun owners. And what's funny is you talked about gun shows. I remember back in 2018, again, when he was running for governor, uh, he went to the Tampa Bay gun show back in October of 18 of 2018. And, you know, it looks great. Hey, it's a gun show. He's there mingling with the crowd. But as you said, it's basically a gun free zone because everyone that walks into it, you have to walk through a magnetometer there's a little security desk. They have to inspect your gun, and they run a zip tie through your gun, literally unloading it and making it useless. Yeah. It's, so it's, it's basically him walking through a gun-free zone to shake hands. Yep. It looks great for the uneducated on how a gun show really operates. Mm-hmm. But for those that are politically savvy and understand, it's just kind of dog and pony show. Yeah. Well, uh, it, if he does face, uh, if he does make a, a race for the White House, and he does face people like Greg Abbott and others who are very absolutely balls to the wall, Second Amendment staunch constitutionalists, uh, that is not going to go well for him. This stuff will be brought up, and it's going to affect him. I believe. Um, in the in the couple minutes we got left here, Luis. 
you did talk to uh, not only Governor DeSantis, but also you've uh, done a lot of work in Tallahassee trying to break through that uh, that wall up there, uh, trying to get permitless carry here in Florida because that's constitutional and that's the way it should be. Um, now there is just a little bit of budging on that, but not quite everything we want. Why don't you take it away from there? So through the back channels that I've been hearing, and I'm not going to name name and sources because, hey, some of these people want to stay anonymous yep. um, because of the way politics work. But yeah. <laughs> what I've been hearing is that they're not going to introduce a full constitutional carry bill next legislation, next legislative session. They want to introduce a permitless concealed carry only bill, which, hey, is it a step in the right direction? Yes, it is. I, yeah. I, I fully agree that I'd rather have permitless concealed carry than the current status quo but yes amen here's the thing and i'll take it you know yeah, yeah but but here's the thing it's kind of a slap in the face to gun owners at the same time because it's yes. basically the political elite saying you're going to take the crumbs we give you and you are going to like them yes when the people have been proclaiming for over basically for over a decade now in florida that they want full constitutional carry they want the ability to exercise their rights fully because 47 other states have open carry. Only Florida, New York, and Illinois has an outright ban on open carry. Yep. But we can't do that here in Florida. And you and you know as I know, it's sometimes a pain in the butt to fully conceal a firearm in Florida just because of the weather. Mm -hmm. It gets hot. Yep. Well, not only that. There's been instances where a particular agency down south, a law enforcement agency, a county law enforcement agency, and I will not uh, give their name, but they have actually gone through all kinds of uh, all kinds of lawsuits, being sued by concealed carriers who were arrested because they were printing. Meaning, exactly. for, for the audience, what printing means that you could see the outline of the firearm through the shirt, uh, either partially or completely, and therefore the uh, arresting officer said that you are essentially open carrying and uh, they were arrested for it and now they've been going through lawsuits over that crap and uh, the best way to fix all of that is to take their stinking paws off of our constitutional rights and this is what pisses me off about all this Luis. Well, and, and I'll tell you what, this is my solution, Royce's solution. And, and I say that if we had started long ago in this country, uh, well before you know, where we are now, maybe starting in 1934, if we had sent some sort of a crafted resolution to the federal government and said, uh, we are not complying with this, and if necessary, we will fight whoever we need to physically for the maintaining of our rights. If we had established that precedent of being willing to fight for our rights, we wouldn't have to do it in state houses, in state legislatures, because this is really galling. These people are passing laws that are constitutionally repugnant, and our founders said those laws are null and void automatically, but yet we give them credence because we yield to them and then try to fight it out in the state houses. I'm at the point now where we should just start sending out resolutions of non-compliance a lot like when we send out you know uh 
postcards to Washington stating our opinion and our position on things, I'm ready to start sending, okay, this is my personal uh, petition and resolution of noncompliance. This law is constitutionally repugnant for this reason, that reason, and this reason, and therefore you are out of line. Your law is null and void because we the people said so. Bingo, bango, done as far as I'm concerned. Now, I know that wouldn't go well in this day and age, but literally that's where my heart is at with this issue because I'm sick of it. Take it away. I completely understand your frustrations, and it, it it's quite sickening. You know, one of the greatest things that our founding fathers gave us is they gave us all of these tools. They gave us uh, they gave us the soapbox, they gave us the ballot box, they gave us the jury box, and they gave us the cartridge box, and they gave it to us with the understanding that the American population would constantly be vigilant yes. on what's going on in government, both locally and in Washington D.C., because. Government is like fire. It could be a a fantastic tool and a destructive device within the same scope and the same location. Yes. We have to monitor government like fire. We can't let it grow out of control. Exactly. We have to feed it. We have to control it. We have to to make sure it doesn't burn us. And that's what the Bill of Rights is. It's that ring of stones and sand around that fire. Keep it from spreading. And every time that fire starts to get too big, it needs to be uh, needs some of the fuel taken out of it, if necessary. Remove a log or two, whatever the case may be. But we, the people, have gone to sleep. And I know you know this like anybody else, brother. We've gone to sleep, and we have actually trusted government. When our founders said flat out a long time ago, you don't trust it. You don't trust it any more than you trust a fire and leave it burning by itself. So, I, I mean, to, to go back to the fact that the event that is in question with Governor DeSantis is the Ronald Reagan black tie and blue jeans barbecue. Wasn't it Reagan that said the most dangerous words to hear from someone is I am from the government and I am here to help. <laughs> yeah. And he also said freedom is only one generation away from extinction. And Luis, I'm telling you, I'm, that's why I'm glad for gun owners of America. You guys are the no compromise gun lobby in Washington and in all the states. I appreciate you and the work you do for us here in Florida and nationally. Uh, you guys are an incredible organization. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and tell everybody right now they need to go to gunowners.org and, and sign up for membership. Uh, I will tell you right now, uh, I'm going to repeat what uh, uh, Eric Pratt, who is, is he vice president GOA still? Yes, sir. Okay. He was in Washington and had a congressman, I think, uh, one of the legislators up there approach him and said, uh, oh, so you're with uh, Gun Owners of America. And he said, yes, sir. He said, your people are loud. And that made me feel good to hear that. And I know it made Eric feel good, too. And we need to be loud. We need to be loud. We need to be in these guys' faces. We need to be keep reminding them of the supreme law of the land. And the only thing that bugs me about the Constitution Louise, is there were not drastic penalties associated with the violation of the Bill of Rights by the government. So maybe we need to craft something like that, too. There, there used to be tra- drastic penalties. It was called um, uh, tarring and feathering and riding people out on a rail. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And that has happened in the past, too. Uh, maybe it's time to warm the tar kettles up and cut open a few pillows. What do you think? Hey, I, you know... I- <laughs> I'm just going to, um, how, how can I put this? 
Yes. <laughs> Perfect. Well, Luis, man, I appreciate you, brother. Thank you for bringing the discussion to the table today on this episode of the Shooting Straight Radio podcast. I hope it won't be too long before you'll be back on here again as a guest. Again, it's always a pleasure to being on. Thank you for having me. And I know right before we go out, I just want to bring one last issue up with um, sure. State Senator uh, Annette Taddeo. Oh, okay. So she has been campaigning. She's running for Congress down in Miami, and uh, she's a Democrat. And she's been campaigning that the Democrats will win over Latino voters in Florida with gun control. As a Cuban American, <laughs> I, I just have two words to say to that: ha ha, ha 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 ha. No, um, between Pensacola and Key West and everywhere in between, I've talked to Cubans, Venezuelans, Puerto Ricanos, Dominicans, Colombians—you name them. And even though we all agree, we all disagree on who makes the best food, who has the best looking women and who has the best fantastic cooks. We all agree on this gun control ain't going to win us over yeah. and she ain't going to and she ain't going to win on that stance. No, sir. Gun, gun control is not a winning stance, even when it comes to political events on public and private property. So maybe we need to be sending some letters to the governor's office, too. I agree, brother. Again, right. thank you for having me. It's always a pleasure. Well, thanks for being here on the program, brother. Hang, if you would hang on the phone just a little bit as I sign off, I'd like to run a couple more things by you, and uh, and we'll get you we'll get you out of here as soon as possible. All right. Uh, all right. That's going to do it for this episode of the Shooting Straight Radio podcast. Huge thank yous there to the Cuban constitutionalist, Mr. Luis Valdez. That man is a pit bull, people. I'm telling you right now, he's uh, he is the real deal. And you need to be a member of GOA, Gun Owners of America. Uh, you got men just like Luis Valdez, who's not afraid to stand there and point his finger and and call truth the truth and call lies lies and call facts facts and the Constitution the Constitution. So, GOA, gunowners.org, sign up as soon as possible. Uh, you could join me and Luis and others who are members. And uh, I'd surely appreciate it. So would Mr. Eric Pratt, Luis Valdez, and all the others there. All right. I will catch you on the next episode. Keep your firearms loaded and handy. Yes, keep them out of reach of children, too. Keep a loaded one on your person at all times when you're out and about. Keep your head on a swivel. Keep in contact with your representatives and let them know when they're messing up and when they're doing a good job. And never forget that incoming rounds always happen have the right of way. Royce and Luis Valdez are out of here. So turn it-